Aloha, my name is Rebecca Ra, and welcome to Many Mediums, the channeling channel where we explore the myriad of ways in which spirit speaks to us and through us and all that groovy stuff. So thank you for joining me today. Um, as I have mentioned lately, um, I've decided over the course of Yuletide to do a podcast every day until um, the first of the year because it'd be something to do. And, um, since you'll, you know, we're usually, ironically, I'm filming these during the day, but the idea is you're chilling at night when it's all dark and stuff, and you can listen to this podcast if you feel so inclined, <laughs> if you care enough to listen. <laughs> and for me, it's an exercise and just kind of like, um, sharing my story. So that's what I'm doing. So I left off in the last episode with my first Shangri-La experience and then some of the kind of bizarre shit that happened during that and immediately after that. And so I got us up to um, about the point where I had uh, started doing Hagtessa, which is a form of Western shamanism, and kind of got reacquainted with one of my guides who I'd met in Dreamtime years before. And through this ended up having uh, some interesting experiences. and. Um, I had this one vision in particular, which was pretty crazy. You can hear about in the last episode. And you'll also hear in the last episode about the crazy events which happened afterward. Um, so I have this vision with a lot of real specific kind of imagery. The very next day, I end up going to a Wikifoot show. And the shit from my vision the night before is playing out in front of stage uh, right before me. right On stage right before me. The stuff from my vision is like there. People danced up like the things, people, the dancers dressed like what I was seeing in my vision. It was pretty crazy. Check out the episode. But, um, and, and, uh, there was a lot of weirdness around that night when I went to that Wookiee Foot show after because just listen to the episode. Um, <laughs> that way we can kind of move on. <laughs> so, so as I mentioned, I go to this Wookiee Foot show, have this crazy, bizarre experience, and I'm like elated. You know, keep in mind at the time, I was like convinced these dudes are ascended masters. Because as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm noticing all these bizarre synchronicities with the music they write, with the timing in which they post stuff, and they'll post random shit that seems to be like in a weird way connected to what I would happen to be doing at the time. And uh, this started to really become apparent right after the show, too. Um, so the next day I go to work after this Wookiee foot show and I'm on cloud nine, just thrilled to be alive. And, um, I go to work and I'm hanging flyers for the day. And so I'm, I'm wandering the streets of Madison, hanging flyers and I'm just like radiating joy and shit. And until this one point where up in my path up, up ahead of like about a little less than a block there's these three figures three guys kind of look like skater kids they're all dressed in black and for whatever reason i cannot figure out they just said this like fear in me and it was like visceral i could feel it in my body i just felt all of a sudden just like this overwhelming sense of fear and dread when i saw these three guys and um why i felt that I'm not sure. I think it had something to do with kind of triggery stuff. Um, and I think, I think there was kind of some weirdness with that. Um, 
Anyway, I ended up kind of ducking into this little cafe under the pretense of hanging flyers because uh, it creeped me out so bad. And they weren't even doing anything. They were just kind of standing there looking sort of menacing. <laughs> and um, when I later come out of the cafe, they're gone, but there's this car in the parking lot. And I felt kind of embarrassed that I like darted in the cafe and I was all scared. And then when I come out, I see this car and the license plate on it says the letter U, the letter R and weak. So it says you are weak. And I was like looking at it and taking it really personal. When I saw that, I'm like, the universe is saying I'm weak now. The fuck, you know, and in tandem with this, during this point in my life, this kind of these few months of my life, I was experiencing, um, really strong chest pain intermittently where it would flare up and it would just kind of like catch me by surprise and, and it hurt pretty bad and I wasn't really sure what was causing it um but it was kind of freaking me out a little bit and at the time too I was also really trying to quit smoking I had a lot of people in my circle who were taking every opportunity they could to shame me for it um and it was actually getting as I look back I'm like kind of thinking to myself you you can say you were doing that because you care, but you were doing that basically because it gave you a sense of power, something that you can judge someone else for. Let's be real here and just call it for what it is, all right? <clears throat> That's my opinion of it now. But at the time, I took it so seriously and was so worried about what they thought. Um, some of the people in this group, um, two people in particular I can think of, who like especially like every chance they got would either make comments about smokers and how terrible they were or like just actually be really rude and and uh and this wasn't always directed me at me sometimes it was other people I know but I always just thought it was kind of like okay you've said your piece now you can um worry about yourself but I never said that probably should have anyway um so I was like beating myself up against that because I was like trying to quit smoking and not doing such a great job and feeling a lot of shame for that and uh so I saw this license plate and thought it meant you are weak because of that and I also interpreted it as like you are weak like weak-willed and you're not feeling well like your body's weak and you uh you're weak in terms of like controlling your emotions and not letting fear get to you because I just like kind of like bitched out and hid in the diner until those guys went away and like so it's like a number of things I'm kind of interpreting this anyway and and my mood had kind of went from like amazing to not so great and then it went from not so great to even worse as I'm walking I get to a stoplight and there's another car with a New York license plate that says Miss Piggy on it and I'm like oh oh now the universe now the universe is telling me I'm a pig like fuck you universe you don't know me <laughs> and I got really offended uh over the dumbest shit and in retrospect I'm thinking about this too it's something interesting that kind of registered in my mind at the time but I, I've had more time to think about just the interesting synchronicity of it this is a New York license plate that said Miss Piggy on it and I happen to know a woman who lives in New York who's a witch like and I mean that in the best way possible she's a practicing pagan and and she's super magical and uh she lives in a 300 plus year old haunted house in upstate New York and she runs a pig rescue so I was like maybe that was like her higher self you know like coming in and being like yo you know can't get a grip <laughs> and I will fully admit you know at this point I'm like not grounded at all and I'm probably annoying that 
shit out of everybody around me with my mystical stories because I'm having these experiences that are blowing my mind and I'm super excited about it and I finally have people I can talk to about it that don't look at me like I'm insane or so I thought and uh so I was really thrilled and happy and um I remember at one point just thinking to myself how happy I felt to kind of be experiencing this and then not long after that I hear a voice say a female voice I hear in my head say wouldn't it just be a shame if you lost all that and it had this kind of sarcastic cold tone to the voice and the voice sounded pretty familiar to me like uh, I've heard this voice before and I'm, I'm not going to say it's nobody else's business but I I had an idea of whose voice that was and then what transpired after that was quite interesting to me so like I get I get done with my flyering I get back to the shop and I'm having some pretty bad chest pain by this point um, and then I notice uh, when I go on my Facebook and look uh, Jojo is posting stuff about people with weak hearts and he's saying and his post has something to do with uh, water um, and, and water laws and water regulations or someone poisoning the water and he's referring to the people fucking with the water as people who have weak hearts and really emphasizing the weak hearts part and I'm reading this thinking to myself well, that's weird because like my heart I feel like I'm having a heart attack kind of you know that's kind of how it's feeling for me and um, getting a little concerned and my vibe is just crashing pretty bad you know all these things in a short amount of time just kind of had me like angsty and upset and in retrospect I say that a lot but as I look back on it and I, I realize I was like letting myself get way too worked up over it and I was being pretty weak in that regard um anyway I finally kind of get done there and I'm heading back to my car and I come across this weird little thing on the ground and it's a doll it's a Bratz doll if you're familiar with those weird stylized looking Barbie dolls with the really big eyes they're called Bratz dolls and this one that was on my path back to my car and I usually take park in the same place and walk the same way every day back to my car which is kind of dumb now oh, I don't do that um I don't have a car to do that with so <laughs> but anyway uh so this doll the hair was cut in the same way my hair was cut and it had the same kind of dye my hair had like like the v forehead highlight things people were doing I was doing that for a while so it had the hair same hairstyle as me had the same eye color as me had the same hair color as me um and it also had a skull it had its skull was cracked right where i had skull fractures as an infant or as a, a toddler i guess that would have been 18 months um and it had a shackle on its neck and it didn't have any feet and uh so i'm looking at this thing like that's really weird you know um what the fuck does this mean so the way i interpreted this is a couple things first of all i didn't think it was very likely that it was some random doll that just materialized on the ground there i have a feeling that somebody i knew put it there who i'm not entirely sure but if you want to be passive aggressive like that fine you could have a normal conversation like normal people do but if you want to get down on some gaslighty shit if it makes you feel better about yourself go for it fine i still can interpret the signs so the way i interpreted this is like okay this doll has no feet so clearly it's not grounded which i was not at the time i was pretty much out in space <laughs> like 
because I'm having this crazy amount of spiritual experiences and synchronicities. And when you're kind of going through any kind of awakening, even if you're familiar with stuff, sometimes when it comes in, it can come in hard and heavy and it's a lot. And that was happening for me. I was having a lot of these experiences. And in tandem with these experiences, like the vision I mentioned, I'm having these bizarre synchronicities where I'm starting to feel like something's going on here. You know, like I have this vision and then the next night the shit from my vision is playing out in front of me on stage. And there's all these synchronicities with stuff people are posting. I should also mention in tandem with it a couple other things that are going on during this general time frame. Um, before I continue with the doll thing, let me backtrack a little bit and give you a little bit more info. So, in tandem with all this, I'm also, during this period of time, kind of dealing with some weird shit in terms of my cars, getting random flat tires. Um, I keep noticing a lot of weird close calls, and it's shit that's kind of out of my control, weird shit. Like, for example, one day I was heading to my parents' house, and they live out in the country, and I come up over this hill on the back roads, and at the base of the hill, Blind Hill, you can't see anything on the other side of it, there's two trucks parked in the middle of the road, and the owners are just out there in the middle of the road shooting the shit, parked in the worst possible spot you could park. Car comes over the hill, he gets smoked. And that's almost what happened to me. I come over the hill, see these two cars at the base of the hill, just as I'm getting over the top of it, slam on my brakes, fucking spin out, and end up, my car ends up about four feet away from their car, and I'm facing the opposite direction from which I came on the other side of the road. Just like, okay, <laughs> that was interesting. So I'm having these odd experiences like that, quite an quite a few things like that where I'm like, well, the fuck. Um, I had another uh, ritual thing too in tandem with this and maybe this is where the weak cards thing come from. I don't remember exactly when I did this ritual, but um, I was trying to quit smoking and I was doing a ritual to let go of smoking and what I ended up doing, basically it was uh, kind of uh, taking some cigarettes and taking out the tobacco and, and kind of doing just a simple ritual and I, I scattered the tobacco in a circle in this area in kind of like a crossroads sort of situation to sort of release it and um, the other thing I want to mention too in working with archetypes and deity as I talked about in the last podcast um, so it's any kind of deity is essentially an archetype for something that we experience through our human existence, right? And um, so you have some deity and they're like patriarchal, kind of like father figures. Some deity might have more of a, a nature connection and so on. I mean, there's so many examples of this, but something you often see frequently with a lot of deities is this sort of like trifecta thing going on where in the case of kind of what I was experiencing, you have... Um, it's basically like expressions of polarity. So you have like the positive polarity of like divine, lovey, dovey, like celestial, woo-woo shit. And then you'd have the negative expression of that, which more like your shadow realms, your darkness, your scary stuff that you may not always want to face and death and things like that. Um, and none of that necessarily is bad, but it's definitely stuff that can be imposing and scary at times if you know you're not you think about it and then there's like kind of like the 
the midway between them. I would look at the midway archetype more as your nature stuff. And then when you're looking at like that celestial archetype is like your ethereal, angelic kind of shit. And then, you know, your shadows is like those dark god aspects or dark goddess, you know. So it's it's like this these three faces of the divine, three expressions of that. And then you can also look at it as like, you know, this expression of how we walk through life you know you you come into the world as a child and then you reach adulthood and then you go into old age and that kind of theme there with three and so I was working with all three expressions of this kind of divinity energy and um, so the dark expression is kind of what I was working with to sort of release the smoking thing and I did this ceremony and and the dark expression is sometimes manifested as like figures in black um uh, what some of the terms like uh, my Hegtasa teacher used was like uh, Harlequin and things like that. But there's all sorts of names and I, I don't really care for names at this point because I feel like it complicates things. It's the same energy. We just have different names for it. Um, so this dark shadow energy of like kind of looking at why I smoke and all that. And um, so I did this ritual and... Uh, and then I'm walking away and I see this figure come by kind of out of nowhere. And this person's wearing like a black leather tre trench coat and a black hat. And they come and actually walk right through my circle and, and continue walking. They didn't say a word. And I noticed uh, uh, leading on, there was a chain link fence actually not far from where I did this ritual too. And I noticed there was a stick leaning on it and the stick... Uh, I do not recall seeing it there before and it was like pretty like random um like it, it I feel like it would have been obvious if I would have seen it as I walked up to the place because of where it was but as I was leaving suddenly I see the stick there and this person who kind of walked through my thing that just kind of appeared and uh so I was sort of looking at that with the smoking too like there's just weird little things like that a lot anyway um let me get kind of back to it so having all these experiences going on in tandem with this and then finding this kind of voodoo doll thing. So it's saying you're not walking your path because you don't have any feet. And also the first thing that popped in my head too, Wookiee foot, there's no foot there. Oh, you're not a Wookiee foot or some shit like that. It was kind of a weird thing. Um, you're not grounded. You're not walking your path. You don't have any feet. How could you be? Um, I had to get my feet under me, you know? Um, and then Having this, this shackle, I think I already explained that's kind of this idea of, you know, I was a slave to things. I was a slave to my cigarette addiction and my coffee addiction. And um, I was a slave to my emotions, my fear and stuff like that. And letting my triggers kind of get the best of me. And so I'm thinking about that. And then I'm thinking about like the crack in the head. And there's the obvious, I had skull fractures in the same place. But then there's also just this... I had a lot of healing to do and I didn't even really realize how how much work I had to do and it took me really getting the fuck away from everything to really just be just by myself for the most part to really fully um, immerse into that and I'll get into that later um, because the events that transpired immediately after this I was not happy about it at the time. I was pretty fucking livid, in fact. And looking back, I still find myself, if I'm being totally honest, a little pissed off in some regards because 
I feel like it was a massive betrayal and a massive gaslighting thing. I, I feel like really fucked with and I feel really like I want some answers. I've also come to a place of acceptance that I may never get those answers and that, well, the things that happened, which I'm going to go into in a minute here, were really shitty and I didn't deserve that. It did put me on a course to have some real blessings and um, change my life in ways that I never would have thought. So, well, at the time I was really bitter about that shit and broken up. I look back not with gratitude, but I also look back now with a bit of wisdom with regard to these people, and I don't trust them in that way anymore. I still have love for many of them, but I don't think I can allow myself to be close to them because I just can't trust them. And it's that simple <clears throat> because something that is really valuable to me is honesty and truth, and it feels like everything I experienced with this tribe up to this point in my life has been mired in illusion, and I don't like it. I like the mystery to some extent, but um, I say leave the mystery to God, don't meddle in that shit, and I feel like there's people doing some meddling, um, so we'll go into that now. Um, so, full disclosure, I still smoke cigarettes, but I don't beat myself over it now, whatever, I do a podcast about it sometime. <laughs> so, I found this brat doll, and it's like... I interpret as the universe is saying, you're being a spoiled brat. You're not walking your path. You're not grounded. You're kind of a slave to some of these things in your life. And and I hated that. And I did see that message, you know. Now, my perspective on it is, if that's a message that's coming from spirit, I'll heed it, you know. And I, and I could definitely see in some ways where it was true. And I could see how spirit might inspire people I know to take it upon themselves to send me this message. Where I draw the line is um, these same people can get over themselves and get off of their fucking pedestal of holier-than-thou shit because I've seen all of them do some shit that isn't cool and... I've seen all of them act like incredible hypocrites at certain points, so I'm just going to point that out. Um, you can judge people all you want, just remember that you're being watched just as much as everyone else, so have fun with that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, i continue now. This is all shortly before Thanksgiving, right? And um, just within a couple days. Then Thanksgiving shows up. And I go do my family Thanksgiving thing and then fly out of there and head over to do this Thanksgiving with this soul family. And I'm running a little late and they're giving me shit for that. And I'm trying to get there on time and probably driving a little too fast. Nearly crash my car to try and get there because they're giving me some guilt over this. And I get there and then the vibe's very strange. Have this tribe Thanksgiving thing and... I just got the sense that something was off. And uh, the next day, my suspicions were confirmed uh, when Andrew and Luna tell me that um, that I'm now fired. Or I, I believe that's how it went. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, fire me after Thanksgiving. That's cool. You know, at least you waited till the day after Thanksgiving to do that. Thanks for that. And then... 
a week or less after that, I get evicted from the place where I'm living. And for both the eviction and getting fired, one other thing happens. In tandem with getting fired and getting evicted, I also get shunned from this tribe of people. Like, every single person in this tribe basically stops talking to me. And they have a, a Facebook group where they would all like, coordinate plans and events. And they deleted me from the group. And then just wouldn't really give me any solid reason as to what I did to deserve being fired, being evicted, and being ostracized. Um, because the things they told me I would agree with to some extent, like I didn't need to get my shit together financially, I was not doing great, and I was a little ungrounded. Like, I, I would have a tendency to kind of go on about stuff a little bit. Um, now I will, I will admit to that. And I will admit that I had plenty of room for improvement and kind of taking control of my life. Now, with that in mind, I will also say that every single fucking person in that group did the exact same shit I did. And here they are treating me this way when they're all doing the same shit. And now, who's being a hypocrite here? And I just want to throw that out there. And <clears throat> years have passed and I've had a chance to talk to a lot of these people, and they've all apologized, and we love you, we didn't mean to hurt your feelings, blah, blah, it just had to happen. And I'm like, you know, no, it didn't. No, it fucking didn't. Maybe it did on a spiritual level, but you guys are just cowards, and you couldn't just have a fucking conversation with me. And to this day, not one of them could ever give me a legitimate, real reason that actually makes logical sense of what I did to warrant all that. Because it was traumatic as fuck. Well, you go through everything I went through in the last five years leading up to that. And then, as I mentioned, you know, hear this voice say, well, wouldn't it be a shame if you lost all that? And then to have all that ripped out from under you. And you think you have these friends and people and they don't give a shit. Or maybe they do in their own weird way. But they they do that and that hurts. It, it hurt me really deep. And it, it really, like, felt like a huge betrayal because... I had never done anything intentionally to hurt any of these people. I had never had any bad intentions to do anything to any of them. And then to be treated like I'm this terrible person. And I never, to this day, I still don't know what I did to warrant that. And maybe I'll never know. But I do know I'm kind of like made my... I've made my peace with it in the sense of maybe I'll never know. And I've made my peace with it in the sense of I don't need anything to do with any of those people anymore. And I've decided it's just time to walk away from that. And I wish them well in their lives away from me. So, and I, I hate to be kind of sounding a bit pissy on this or, or short, but I've spent a lot of time sitting and thinking about this over the last five years. <clears throat> and the position I was at and and just how heartless and cold that shit really was. And so I was pretty distraught over this. And uh, I, I kind of uh, stopped hanging out with them, obviously. And um, I spent more time hanging out with my Hag Tessa teacher at this point. And um, I was starting to kind of lose my shit a little bit because I'm having all this go on. My Hagtessa teacher is fucking convinced up, down, sideways, left and right that Andrew and Luna are doing some crazy black magic shit and part of the Illuminati. And she uh, justifies that with the fact that 
their shop is covered with all these demonic sigil paintings Andrew paints and that all this weird shit is happening and it's black magic and I'm like maybe so maybe not but I don't I don't really want to get caught in the middle of that she even went so far as to do some ritual to try and bind them and stuff and I was like I'm cool with binding any um wrongful harming but I don't really want to try to control anybody or anything like that it's not my jam and I don't want to get involved in that kind of magic shit you know like I'm really just trying to be zen here and um and she was getting so carried away with that stuff too that it was becoming kind of uncomfortable because this is starting to feel like I still had some loyalty to these people and um, some of them would still sort of talk to me like Carla and Sarah in particular but they would both get really flighty and cagey when I'd ask them any direct questions of why this shit was happening and neither of them would give me a fucking logical response um, so I definitely felt like something was up what I couldn't tell you it, it felt kind of like conspiratorial to me um, and so this escalates um, these weird occurrences and flat tires and chest pains and, and random things and there were times too where I was just like find myself in this weird state like just not well and, and I think part of that was a lot of stress because it, it started turning into this constant sense of like having to run in a way from something you know like and and never being able to really just settle down and I found that has been a theme that has kind of continued up to this point in my life even even now um, and I've learned to kind of adapt to that feeling but it's um, maybe that's part of my journey is just I'm not somebody who can have a place to put down roots maybe that's maybe I'm more of a wonder wanderer sort I don't know but so I'll say with all this <clears throat> it reached a point where I didn't feel safe in Madison and I'll also share another thing that happened around the same time um, I, I had spent the day with my mom and I had told her about some of the stuff going on and, and just told her I, I wasn't doing so hot emotionally I was I was going back into that depression depression state and I was starting to have the suicidal kind of feelings and stuff again and I was having it pretty bad and so I thought the responsible thing to do would be to talk to somebody about this and I talked to my mom about it and her and I went grocery shopping that day and she bought me like some food and stuff that I could eat because I was vegetarian and so I stopped back at the house later to grab some of that food I was staying with Luca at the time my dad and I weren't getting along super great and then when I stopped back he was at home and turned into a huge fight where my dad being like, you gotta get your shit together, you're a loser, and you suck, and you're a cunt, and all this stuff, and like, and I'm like getting here, and sitting, taking this verbal abuse up to a certain point where I'm like, you know what, all right, I do have to get my shit together, I will give you that, that is very true, but here's the thing, yeah, I got some issues and stuff, and and here's the other thing I should mention. He he also threw it in my face that I'd talked to my mom about being suicidal. And and he threw it in my face and tried to make it out like I was this horrible person for saying that. Like how dare you do that to your mother that you talk to your mom and tell her that you're not well, not emotionally well. Like how dare I do that? You know what you're doing to your mother and I'm like if I can't fucking talk to my own mother about how I'm doing, then we got a serious problem here. 
And then it kind of became clear to me. I'm like, I can't even have this kind of conversation with my own fucking mother. Something's very wrong here. And then to have my dad come at me and, and tell me that I'm a piece of shit for having emotions and trying to talk it out. And it was like, wow, man. And so it was at that point, I was like, look, yeah, you're right. I got to get my shit together. And you're right. I'm kind of fucked up in the head right now. Let's take a look at that, shall we? Let's take a look at why I'm fucked up in the head. And while I will openly admit every time, and I, even then I would admit that it's always on an individual to take responsibility for their programming and move on with their lives and take control of their lives. You have to acknowledge that programming comes from somewhere. It has a source. And in my case, much of that comes from my parents. And I decided to kind of just point that, point out the obvious. And I said that to him. I'm like, look, man, you know, you can say what you want about me, but you are a large part of why I'm the way I am. Let's be real here and look at that. A lot of this shit I can thank you and mom for and your terrible parenting. <laughs> and I didn't say it quite like that, but it was about along those lines. And uh, he decided to take no responsibility for that and continue calling me names and and it was getting bad and he's, he's like you're just like your aunt patty you're a fucking bitch and he never treated my aunt patty with any kind of respect and that's a story for another day but suffice to say finally i just stopped and i looked at him like look i know what you did i said that to him I'm, i know what you did and he um as soon as i said that he got this look on his face and he horked a loogie in my face like like from the depths of his lungs and like spit a loogie in my face and I'm standing there and and at this point we had been fighting for some time <laughs> and it was just like my dad's one of those people you get into a fight with and he thrives on that shit he loves fighting with people he gets a sick kick out of it and he'll get this maniacal grin on his face. Like, he just really enjoys it. He likes seeing people, like, he likes pushing people to the point where they lose their composure. And that's what he was trying to do to me. And I realized that at that point, too. Because he, he spit in my face and he grinned at me. And then called me a bitch or some shit. <laughs> um, and during all this, you know, we'd been fighting pretty bad. And so I'm like, all right, I'm not coming back here anymore. This is what I got to deal with here. I'm just out. And so I grabbed my food and the last of the things I had at their house. And I was packing it up. So when he spit in my face, I happened to have a guitar in my hand. And it took every ounce of willpower I possessed not to fucking brain him over the head with that thing. But I was like, you're not worth the jail time you're a troglodyte and I'm not going to allow myself to sink to your level. So I calmly wiped the loogie off of my face and was just like, thanks for proving my point. And I left. <laughs> and uh, from there, you know, it, it was becoming clear to me around all this that I was just like, I can't be here anymore. This is not the place for me. I don't feel safe in Madison. I don't feel safe around my family. I don't feel safe around my friends. Um, most of my friends aren't even talking to me and I don't know why. And I just sort of decided, um, I had tickets to go to this Wookie Foot show and I was like, and it was in Minneapolis. And I just kind of decided I'm gonna go to this show I'm going to talk to them, and I'm going to see if I can figure this shit out. I don't know what's going on. Maybe somebody else does, or someone can give me some insight, because I need to fucking talk this out with someone. I need to figure out what's going on here. And so that day, 
um, when I finally kind of came to that decision. And there was one other thing that inspired it. Uh, one other quick story I want to share in tandem with all this. Um, and that is this other weird little side note, because I feel like it might be important. I had also met one other person through... Uh, so through all this music, there was one particular Facebook group called Medicine Tribe. And it was a group that was created for the band Nako and Medicine for the People as a fan page. And it kind of grew up into its own little tribe thing, loosely based around that band. And uh, at, in its heyday, it was pretty active and pretty cool. A lot of neat posts and stuff. And, um, and then through there, I also started looking at um, like event pages for the shows we're going to but i'll get to that but on that page i ended up meeting a friend um who it was the same kind of weird case of like synchronous shit where he would respond he would he would message me and the shit he would say to me in the messages made it really seem like he knew whatever i happened to be doing on, on my own and sometimes it was almost like he would be re- responding to whatever I was doing like as an example there was one day where I was kind of speeding and then I checked my message and he's like well there buddy slow down you know and it was like that kind of stuff like and it was kind of trippy and I remember one night I went um, out with him and we wandered the streets of Madison and we took some mushrooms and we wandered Madison and and there was some really bizarre shit that happened that night and I feel like it's pertinent to share this. Um, so I'll share this and then share my trip to Minneapolis and then that'll wrap this up for this section. So um, we're wandering Madison and a few strange things happened. One, there was this stroller. And um, this is not the first time I've seen this thing and it creeped me out both times I saw it. The stroller is this like, Victorian looking gothic black 1800s style looking baby carriage thing and the very first time I saw it was actually shortly before I left my ex-husband living in the Dells and there's this hiking trail by our house if you could go down this trail and there's like a little pond and a sandbar in the pond in the center of the pond And for whatever reason, in the center of the sandbar, the first time I saw this carriage, it was sitting in that thing. And I was with my ex-husband, and we both saw it. And he's like, you want to go check it out? I'm like, nah, not really. And he's like, me neither. And we bailed out of there. And um, then the second time I saw it was when I'm walking around Madison with this guy. And he sees it too. And we, we both go up to it this time. And it's empty, and it smells like death. And it was really strange um spooky as fuck and i don't know what the fuck it is if anyone else has ever seen a weird phantom ghost carriage would you please let me know i'd like to know if anyone anyone else besides myself and these two other people have experienced this let me know maybe we could start a watch for that (laughs) um so we saw that the other thing we saw a few times over the course of the night especially while we were near State Street, this crazy guy would come up to us. And he was a this tall, skinny dude wearing head-to-toe in black, and then he had, like, a black beanie on his head. And also keep in mind, this is, like, in December. And I had mentioned we had one freak snowstorm in November, and that was basically the only snow we got that whole time. Um, 
it was unseasonably warm. This is during the solstice and it's like 60 degree weather and dandelions and shit. Like the fucking rhythms are off here, you know? And, and we we're all kind of like, this is weird, you know? And him and I were commenting on that too. We were commenting on the weird weather and the weird fact that there seemed to be like almost a sense of like decay around us that we were perceiving in a strange way and then you got this strange guy and he comes and he like occasionally we'd see him near us and he'd just be staring at us with this crazy intense look on his face and I didn't think anything of it but then eventually like he walked past us down the sidewalk until he was in front of us and then walking in front of us on the sidewalk he walked back and forth across the sidewalk so he walked from one end of the sidewalk to the other, like in front of our path. Um, how do I explain this so you can really visualize it well? So imagine you're standing on the sidewalk. This dude comes up from behind you and kind of like runs up in front of you real quick and then proceeds to walk back and forth and back and forth and back and forth over the sidewalk, kind of blocking your path. All well, like he's got his head turned. He's staring us down, crazy eyes. And he's just walking back and forth and back and forth for no apparent reason while just giving us this intense, crazy expression. And, and he never said a word. And he kind of reminded me of like a meme or a mime or something, minus the face paint. It was weird. And I'm like, I don't know, like, what do you think of that? And he's got, what do you, I asked my friend, I'm like, what do you think of that dude? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, but he's got a really weirdly antagonistic vibe, don't you think? And like a little bit, yeah. And, uh, we saw him a couple times through the night, and he kind of went away, and um, then I noticed this odd sort of thing um, with my friend. I started to get the very distinct sense that I was talking to my friend, and someone or something else was kind of channeling through him, and this other being that was channeling through him was, like, posing these questions to me, asking me which I thought was superior, if I thought, like, man's ability to create and really refine things and put all this time into stuff like take think like buildings and you know fancy architecture and stuff like that that time to really like the calculated building if I thought that was superior to like nature and like a tree growing and my um and and we went back and forth on this and ultimately we ended up coming to this place where there was like uh there was a building on one side of the street and it was kind of like dark and spooky looking and there was even a skull painted on it. And then on the other side of the street, there was this tree that seemed to have this glow to it almost. And, and uh, you know, he asked me this question again, like, which, which do you think is closer to God? Which do you think is more real? And um, at that point, I'm like, I have to go with the tree. And I was like, it's chaos. Yeah, I mean, in a way, but it's a chaos we don't fully comprehend. And I think there's like order to that that we don't understand that goes beyond us so I think that's superior in my mind to whatever you know small things we think of even if it's something like a building and while that is a part of God I think it's a small part of it so I'm ultimately kind of went to nature and the unfolding of that and how this idea that there may be chaos but it might be chaos we just don't understand an order we don't understand and whether or not that's like relevant it's kind of uh, the, uh, it was the theme for the night. And um, 
Now fast forward to when I finally decided to pack my shit and get the fuck out of there. The same person I had been hanging out with, he was like sending me more and more weird messages where I just felt like this dude is like following me or something. He should not know this shit. To the point where there was even one day with all this going on with my family, with my so-called friends, and then this guy, I actually did a ritual where I was like, any negative entities or influences cannot reach me. They cannot be in my energy. They cannot come within my sphere. And they have no power over me and they cannot reach me. And I, I did this ritual and I got pretty into it. And immediately after I completed it and finished up this ritual, I get a text from this guy and it's just him laughing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't know what to do with this, but I gotta go. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I, I just made the decision, snap decision, to pack all my shit. I had the majority of my stuff in my car already because I left my parents' house and got all my shit out of there. So I stopped at the shop and grabbed my tattoo gear and um, I took off. I decided on Minneapolis because I had tickets to go see a Wikifoot show in Minneapolis and um, I didn't really have many other options. I didn't really know where the fuck I'd go or what I'd do so that seemed like the next logical step and I thought maybe I could talk to these fucking ascended masters and get some shit figured out but apparently it doesn't work that way so <laughs> so um, I loaded up my car and it was a beautiful day up until I was just about downloading my car. And then we get hit with another freak storm out of nowhere. And this, at this point, it's like the 27th or 28th. I'm leaving a few days early for the New Year's Eve Wikifoot show. And uh, I go online at the event page. Um, well, I'll get to that part in a bit. Um, I had no plan. I just decided like 30 bucks to my name. I'm like, I'm going to just cruise to Minneapolis and see what happens. And uh was supposed to be a four-hour drive turned into an all-night drive because got hit by this freak snowstorm blizzard couldn't go more than like 30 miles an hour the whole way there because the roads hadn't been plowed yet because I was driving through the thick of it and uh like so it's just gnarly mess by the time I finally made it into town I left at like four or five in the afternoon and didn't get into town until about eight in the morning the next day and just driving through this fucking mess <laughs> and, and uh, when I got into Minneapolis like the town was coated in ice and it looked so beautiful because <laughs> there's all these like on ramps and crazy traffic stuff and ice everywhere and, and it was just like coated like the whole town looked like this like sort of fairy village or fairy city in a, a weird way um and so I found myself in Minneapolis trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And uh, I think this is a good point to leave off. And um, in the next episode, I will start sharing the Minneapolis adventures. Um, so I think this ought to um, bring us up to about the time. So basically uh, the timeline after this is Minneapolis my time in there and then how I end up kind of getting inspired to come out to Hawaii and my time for that and then kind of some things that happened and my return to Hawaii so I'll go into all that in the next few episodes but this should be a pretty good little point now to uh you know <clears throat> kind of leave off here so this is the point where you know I finally leave Madison and I guess 
the final point I'd make with this chapter <clears throat> is this. I was livid at the time. I felt betrayed by my friends. I felt betrayed by my family. I felt unsafe. I felt rotten. I was a fucked up mess. PTSD, emotional issues, depression issues, pretty much all that shit going on. And um, I think had none of that stuff happened, I would probably have still just been living some simple boring life in Wisconsin, never expanding my horizons or having any kind of interesting experiences or anything like that and so while those things were kind of like traumatic in the moment and I still look back and feel kind of hurt and betrayed by them I do look back at it with a sense of gratitude as well because if it weren't for any of that stuff I would not be out here recording this and I would not have been so blessed to experience some of the stuff I've experienced and grown in the ways that I've grown and so I'm grateful for that at the same time um, I'm grateful for those lessons and some of those lessons have been kind of bitter bittersweet in the sense that sometimes they're rough but you know, we go grow through that and we become stronger through that stuff so all these people I've forgiven them a long time ago um, although I, that doesn't necessarily mean I forget or that I condone. Um, it just means that I've accepted that. That was, you know, in some way they were perhaps a tool of spirit to help me, lead me on this path. But it also shows their, their colors. And um, I got to honor that, you know. So, and I'm also saying this with a bit of a <clears throat> experience too. Because more stuff had happened since shit I haven't shared yet that has also kind of led me to that conclusion because at, at one point I was pretty willing to just forgive and forget and like bygones be bygones but I see I started to see more of the same pattern so I was like you know I just don't think some people can help themselves and if that's the case I don't have time for it you know and uh, I don't have time for people who are you know gonna be nice to my face and then be full of shit I don't I don't have time for fake crap I don't Life's too short for that. And um, I'm not sitting here trying to pretend things are great when they're not. It's not worth it. So, but I do respect and appreciate the roles these people have played toward helping me grow as a person. And I do thank them for that. And I honor that. But I also honor that, you know, sometimes you part ways. Sometimes, you know, you're only meant to be in people's lives for a season or a or a few, you know, and then you move on. And maybe that's where I'm at now, so. Um, anyway, so yeah, the next episode, I will get into the Minneapolis adventures and all that weirdness, because there's more of it. <laughs> and and um, so have a good day or night, wherever you're at, whenever you're at. Thank you so much for listening to this. If you felt so inclined, um, if you want to share it, feel free. Um, if not, that's cool, too. I'm just going to keep doing this until I'm done. So, yeah. Anyway, um, happy holidays and thank you. Mahalo. Aloha.